and welcome back to Virtually Legal. In this week's episode, we are discussing the dreaded assessment centres. Abby actually just found out that she has an assessment centre coming up, so hopefully by the end of this, you'll be feeling a little bit more prepared. Um, Joining us today is Mia Sadiq, aka Legally Possible. Hi Mia, thanks so much for joining us. Hiya, thank you so much for having me on. No worries at all. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. Before we jump into the podcast, then I guess with me with a bit of a croaky voice today, but can you tell us a bit more about Legally Possible? Yeah, sure. So um, I run Legally Possible. That um, literally quite started to, to show you that anything is possible. Um, I suppose if you dream or work hard enough. Um, I have come into law from a disadvantaged background, so I kind of just wanted to create a platform to just connect with like-minded people and just to show people that you can do it um, and just to show people how I did it I suppose um, so yeah I just offer tips um, guidance to aspiring lawyers and students you know particularly from disadvantaged backgrounds like myself just by sharing what's worked for me during my studies and applications so yeah it's just kind of gone from there really amazing so we we actually um, reached out to Mia because she had posted a video about assessment centers that if you haven't seen it already you should definitely check it out um, because Mia actually has a training contract. Woo! Woo! So what was your um what was your training contract process like? Daunting, definitely daunting. Um I secured my training contract before I started Legally Possible. Um and that is one of the reasons um why I started the to uh, started Legally Possible because I'd managed to secure a training contract at a top twenty UK firm, um just you know, not really knowing what was going on, not really knowing what I was doing. And I just wanted to have somewhere or you know, somewhere that people could, I suppose, learn from and just like make it all a bit less worrying, scary and yeah, so it was a good process. I only did one cycle, so I suppose I was quite lucky in that sense. Um, but I definitely don't think it's all down to luck, and it is just down to the work you put in, and you know how you deal with that. So, yes, um, I did the assessment centre, the vacation scheme, it, the training contract interview, and then was offered the in, uh, the training contract at the end. That's a good like intro into assessment centres, then, because that's a massive part of the training contract process. So the structure of today's episode, because I just love a structure, um, (laughs) we're going to kind of work through as if you were at an assessment centre. So first off, talking about group tasks, analysing an article, written tasks, interview and finishing off with a presentation. It's unlikely that you'd be asked to do all of that in a day, but it's very likely that you'd be asked to do at least two of those things. So we were going to kick off by talking about the group task. I find this bit the most fun. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I definitely, I think it's one of the things that I'm most excited about, but also I guess it's also quite daunting because there's so many questions. It's like, how much do you get involved? How much do you sit back? How much do you listen? How much do you, are you proactive? What about if there's someone in your group that you really disagree with what they're doing? So Mia, what would be, what would be like your approach if you're going into a group task with like six other people, you've never met them before, and suddenly you have to do like a debate, a problem solving exercise, a presentation, a mock meeting, like what would be going through your head? This is actually the part of the assessment centre that I was always the most worried about, purely for the exact reasons that you just said. You know, what if you start this and you really disagree with someone in your group or, you know, someone's just, everyone's just being really quiet and you're kind of carrying the meeting and you're worried that you're kind of 
you're coming off too strong or you're not coming off strong enough. Um, you don't want to be overbearing, but then you don't want to sit back and do nothing. And, you know, I don't know. I think group tasks are definitely the one of the most daunting parts of the assessment centre, but also the most fun because I suppose with my with my one of my group tasks involved an escape room. So that was really exciting because we all had to then work together rather than discuss something. We kind of had to work together and come up with solutions. And it was great mm. to kind of have that experience because we weren't just talking, you know, amongst ourselves. We were literally like, you know, trying to figure out a solution and get to the end of it like together. And I think the the, the grad recruiters and the partners watching really wanted to see that, like us work in that way. Yeah. So it depends what the group task is, I suppose. I have done a presentation for a group task as well, um, which I did enjoy doing, but definitely the more like, you know, proactive hands-on approach in group tasks are definitely something that I prefer. I was going to say with presentations and even with, I guess, um, an escape room, you just want to make sure you encourage everyone to speak, get your point of view out there, but also make sure you get others to put their points of view because we do forget we learn the most from listening. And also make sure you use their names if you can remember them. Most people should have name tags. At least at open days, they definitely do. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And in on that point, you know, if there are people in your group that are being a little bit quiet, try and bring it out of them, you know, say, oh, sorry, Susan, you know, that's a hypothetical person. Um, <laughs> what, what, what do you think about this? Or do you agree? Or what was your stance on it? Because then it will show the recruiters that you're trying to get everyone involved rather than just overly asserting your opinion, which can be really easy to do. You can get a bit carried away and, you know, you're giving your input. You can, you know, say way too much um, and become across a bit over overbearing. But I think, you know, just encouraging everyone to get involved is one of the best things you can do in group tasks. Definitely. I think I think I was I think I've done four group tasks. And I think sometimes where people slip up is um when they get too focused on the outcome so for instance if it's like a problem solving exercises I think I've done something with like pyramids um but people get too obsessed with achieving the end goal and I think that's Mm. where they lose sight of what's actually being assessed which is those like communication skills and teamwork and things like that um the last thing that we wanted to point out on group tasks is you might have heard of the idea of like taking on a certain role and that can be quite a good idea and like way to show off if it's executed properly so some things that you might put yourself forward for at the start would be like timekeeping taking notes um writing on a whiteboard and that's quite a good way to get yourself involved early on I was saying, if you put yourself up a timekeeper, make sure you actually remember to timekeep and don't get too involved. Too, don't forget too much about the task at hand because you can definitely get really involved in the presentation and then just time can go away with you. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. So Mia, you said that you didn't like group tasks. I, this is the one that scares me is analysing an article. And it's, I think it's like the fear of the unknown and worrying that you're like not going to understand what's been presented to you. But basically they're usually formatted in one of two ways. So um, I've had a hypothetical scenario. So for instance, like someone's looking to set up a company and you read the read about the scenario and then get questions on it. Like what, like what red flags might there be? Or it'll be some kind of like news story type thing that you're then asked to discuss. Um, what would be your tips for approaching the article situation? 
I actually struggled with this most when it actually came to it so I can kind of relate to you there um, because that exact that exact situation happened to me um, I didn't really understand what the article I was given was saying it was something about the big four KPMG EY Deloitte and maybe PwC and it was about them being audited and I didn't really understand it and um, I think I got myself a bit flustered because I thought oh no have I ruined my chances um, you know has this messed up my whole day um, so I definitely got a bit flustered so I think the main bit of advice I could give when you approach this situation is to just stay calm you know if you really don't understand something do not hesitate to ask questions um, I think that we we don't realize that they're not there to catch us out they're there to literally help us so if you are confused and you're, you're discussing an article or you what happened for me is I got given the article got 10 minutes to read it and then the two partners came back in the room to then discuss it with me um, don't be afraid to ask questions because they really did say you know if you are stuck do ask questions and another thing I'd say is your commercial awareness could be really really handy here so if you've read something in the news that maybe slightly relates to this article bring it up you know analyze it in that way think about like you know the wider implications how it can affect you know businesses and think about like the wider picture so if you you know even if you don't really understand what the exact article is trying to tell you try and analyze it in that way too because you know showing off your commercial awareness is also always a good thing um, but just try and stay calm and, you know don't be afraid to ask questions and yet yeah, use your commercial awareness yeah something I found useful actually which inconveniently I found out after I'd done all of my um, assessment centers was something called the SWOT analysis and I thought it was useful because it basically gives you a way to interpret information because I often found that I was reading things um and I'd understand them but I'd be like I don't know how to make notes on this or like mm. what they're wanting me to pull out from this so mm. the SWOT analysis it's not going to work in all situations and some people probably don't get on with it that much but essentially if you're reading say the hypothetical scenario of someone setting up a company you would look for S the strengths of that company um W the weaknesses um opportunities and potential threats and when you break it down like that I think it gives some initial talking points and like ways to focus your thoughts because sometimes I can read something but not really appreciate like the significance of what I'm reading. As long as you get like the hit hit the top spots or that you you demonstrate the way that you approach the task um, in an organized sort of structured fashion is that enough or do you kind of need to be hitting every single point and scenario no honestly doing your best is enough and if they can see that you're really giving it your best you're really putting in that effort you're really trying to like you know analyze it or at least just try and pick out the most important things that is all you can do and as long as you have done your best I think that's what they're looking for because don't forget you are under a bit of pressure as well you can sit at home you can analyze an article you can practice and things like that but realistically when you're under pressure with two partners sitting in front of you you may let you know lose your trail of thoughts or you might not be able to think of everything that you normally would have you know when you're in an exam do you always think of everything no yeah. afterwards you think oh that would God, have been a great I could have put this in. exactly exactly so yeah just do your best um, and don't worry too much about like you said hitting every single nail just try and do your best and just you know like, like you said the main the main points try and get those but as long as they they can see that you are really trying i think that's what matters so next up in the day we have a the written, written task, task. <laughs> the written task i find i found this one intimidating because i there would often be other 
say like paralegals or people that had legal experience there and I always felt intimidated that they would know how to approach these things more than I do but I think I overcomplicated it sometimes and actually what's most important I found was just like getting down to the basics of like what what it is you're writing like is it a letter a memo an email start by setting it out properly like dear so and so I'm writing to you on behalf of X because blah, blah, blah. And think like, who are you writing it to? Like, what should your tone be? And I think to be honest, once you've got that, you've probably got like 70% of it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's that's a good point. And especially considering, the, you know, like you said, the format of the communication, whether it's a letter, a memo or an email, even the little things, if you can demonstrate, like when you when you sign it to, I don't know, dear sir or madam, knowing to sign it yours faithfully rather than yours sincerely and little things mm. like that, um, knowing things like that can, like, you know, it's quite impressive, um, especially if you haven't done the LPC yet um, and professional practice um, where you're taught all of this anyway. But just being able to show those little things can be really, you know, beneficial for you. Um, but again, just like you say, considering your tone, if it's someone that, you know, is a lay person, do consider sim- more simple language. I had to write a letter to a client in my assessment center and for another assessment center and um, I had to read like a read what was going on read what they were coming for and then write them a letter so I knew you know how to address it and how to lay it out use like simple language like you say not too much legal jargon because you know no one's going to benefit from that if they don't understand the law so just little things like this keeping your sentences short and precise because I think we as law students especially go off on a massive waffle and tangent and we think long flouncy sentences is going to benefit us but really they just want you to get to the point they don't want to be confused they want to know what you're trying to say so yeah that's definitely important yeah, I remember when I was doing an employment module this year and it's always like, just if you can include a summary at the top, include a summary because realistically, if they don't, if they don't have to read the whole document, they won't. So try and bring out the key points as soon as you go in and then go into more detail afterwards if it if it's, fits the style of communication. Yeah, I would say with the written task as well, don't worry if you don't feel like you've absolutely aced it because they're not expecting you to go in there as a polished solicitor. You're going in there as a trainee and you're going to learn these skills through your LPC and through your training contract. So they're not expecting something that's 10 out of 10, but it is a good idea to try and have like the basics nailed before you do a written task. Um, so next up, sorry, we're really rattling through this. I feel like <laughs> you've got so much to get through in a day. There's such like jam-packed, exhausting days. But next up is the interview. I feel like this is maybe the one that intimidates people most because it's quite mm. all on you, you and only yeah. you. <laughs> I actually um, had two different experiences. So on one of my assessment centres, I had the interview with two grad recruitment people and then two grad recruitment people. On one of my interviews, I had it with the grad recruiters. And in the other one of my interviews, I had um, like a speed dating exercise with 10 different partners. So I call it speed dating because you literally just sat down with each partner for five minutes. They asked you a question and then you'd move on to the next partner. So I had two very, very, very different experiences, Um, but equally just as good, just as good. And I think that's what's important to remember here. Even if you are recruited, uh, interviewed by the grad recruiter, 
you still need to impress them both equally. So, you know, being interviewed by the partner or a grab recruiter, you still want to give, you know, the best impression that you can still be professional and still try and impress them, you know, equally. Saying that, would your approach differ between the two at all? I think it would differ in terms of curiosity because in my um, interviews with the partners, they did kind of say to me at the end, do you have any questions? And asking an, a, a partner a question and asking a grad recruiter questions is going to be approached very differently. Yeah. So, you know, with, with grad recruiters, I suppose, you can ask a lot about the role itself. Um, things like how seats are allocated, how trainees are given feedback, um, you know, just ask, ask about the role itself, what they look for. Whereas when you ask questions to partners, you can talk about, you know, you, I suppose you can show off your knowledge here and you can you know, ask, you know, if, well, you know, why they join the firm, but also whether there are any like international or US cultural issues that affect their day to day work, if they're an international firm or a transatlantic firm, um, you know, what's, I don't know, the best deal that they've worked on and things like that, and just really show your interests here. So in terms of that, I think that can be approached very differently. Um, again, just like showing your interest in equal parts is very important for both grad recruitment grad recruiters and partners but yeah the questions that you can ask or if you have the opportunity to ask um, is very different yeah I think like general preparation for an interview tips would be there are likely to be some competency questions thrown in so make yeah. a list of common competencies um, and then think of examples for them think why you would be a good fit for the firm and then lastly, be prepared to critically evaluate what you've done that day and like why you've made certain decisions and things like that. Um, because that was actually something that caught me out when I did an interview once. They focused really heavily on what, well, it was actually at the end of my back scheme, but it was it focused a lot on what I'd done throughout the week and like how I would have done things differently, um, which, yeah, threw me slightly. So hopefully having listened to this, you'll now be more prepared for that than I was. <laughs> I think though it's, um, it's you know, you're, I was very prepared for all of my assessment centres to be asked, why do you want to work for us? But actually what the assessment centre is, it's the first opportunity that you have to show you. And I think yeah. in the application, obviously it's great if you're yourself and stuff, but really you don't really have the opportunity to really show yourself until really the assessment centre. So it's kind of the first opportunity that, you know, you can give them to show what you'd be like to work with, you know, your personality and things like that. So so really a lot of my assessment center questions were all about me you know give me a time where you have shown great teamwork or what would you say your best strength is or your best quality um i think i was even asked once what my biggest weakness was in my assessment center. that dreaded question yeah that dreaded question <laughs> um but be prepared for these questions not just why do you want to join the firm what do you know about the firm i think as well if you're if you're not someone that's done interviews before it can be quite an alien thing to have someone go right tell me why you're so amazing and if you're not used to doing that it can be a little it can like feel a little bit uncomfortable the first time you do it so I think definitely get some practice in with like friends or family and them asking you these questions and you just getting comfortable talking about your experiences 
yeah, no, that's a really good bit of advice. Absolutely. Um, I would also say if it is virtual, um, try practice talking to yourself um, <laughs> on camera. I know that sounds really silly and something that people are very hesitant to do. But if you're not used to speaking on camera, um, you know, just practice recording yourself, ask yourself a question and answer it. Because if you are doing it virtually, it's always great practice in interviews to look at the camera rather than looking at the screen. Mm. Um, because then, you mm. know, the partner or the grab recruiter will feel like you're really looking at them. So, so really make sure that you know you are really using that camera looking into the camera um, and try not to like you know get distracted or look around or look down um, because yeah in interviews I think that's really important to kind of like the eye contact is really important okay so last but definitely not least if you had to do a presentation I quite like I quite like presentations same with the group exercise that there's um, there's different types of presentation that you might be asked to do so the first one would be in a kind of group task scenario which we've already covered um, the second one which sounds like Abby's got is where you're asked to prepare it in advance and then go and present to them you could be given information on the day and then asked to prepare a presentation or you could be given no information and just asked to do a presentation on a certain topic um, and just you're free to come up with the content for it yourself. So quite a lot of variables, to be honest. Um, Mia, do you have any advice for preparing for a presentation? So I've actually done quite a lot of these. So mm. I was asked to prepare a presentation in advance for my training contract interview. Um, so slightly different to an assessment centre interview, I suppose, um, presentation, sorry. Um, but when I was asked to prepare one of my presentations in advance, um, I was asked to use PowerPoint. Um, and I know that that's not always suggested, but I was meant to give my presentation as a PowerPoint. So I just did things like matching the presentation to like the colours of the firm. So for oh, Womble Bond Dickinson, my presentation was all like yellow and blue and um, had their logo on and everything like that. And I think with presentations, the main bit of advice is to know your presentation inside out, whether you're presenting it in the form of a PowerPoint, whether you're presenting it um, just speaking with not really much material. Just really make sure that you know what you're presenting and be prepared to discuss everything be prepared to be quizzed be prepared to be questioned be prepared for arguments and just to say okay so why is it why is that or you know be prepared um for all the different angles that the grad recruiter or the partner can take um just really know what you're talking about and i think is the best piece of advice i can give for presentations that you've done yourself um but also even in group presentations you know be prepared not to like we said earlier don't be the one to constantly speak and overbear your opinion because when you're building this presentation in a group and you're doing it together um, it's really good to get everyone's contributions and you will be being watched the entire time so don't be seen to kind of like be that really really bossy one um, but also equally again make sure that you really know your presentation and you know what you're talking about because you will get quizzed and you don't want to be that person that just stands there like I don't know I made that bit up do you know what I mean so yeah that's <laughs> probably the best bit of advice I could give on that bit. I wonder sometimes if you if you were able to prepare it in advance, maybe like keep a little bit of information back so then you can feed that into the questions rather than giving like everything you know in the presentation. I mean, I don't know yeah. if that's good advice. It might, might be awful advice, actually. But <laughs> I, guess it, it, I guess it depends how long you have the content you can fit into yeah. the time frame. If there's a lot of content, maybe keep it back don't overfill the presentation but keep it I guess it has to be digestible and also engaging because you don't want the like people to be falling asleep because that's not going to get you anywhere 
Yeah, I actually really, I used to really struggle with that, actually, when we were asked to do presentations. I just put too much information, whether that was on the slides or whether that was on the PowerPoint. I, I really struggled in, you know, trying to just put the main points on the on the slide and then being able to be confident enough in the presentation to then deliver it naturally that is the most important thing especially if you're doing a presentation um, if you've got a handout or if you've got a PowerPoint make sure that you're not overbearing that you know overpowering the information on a page because um, yeah that's when you're just going to read off the you're just going to read off the script and you don't want to have to do that you want to be able to make it way more natural so yeah that's good advice my last point with presentations which is actually a piece of advice that I got from a lecturer before an assessment centre was the key to it is um, structure. So when you start, make sure that you've got a beginning, middle and end and tell tell the people you're presenting to well, what is. you're going to be talking mm. about point mm. by point so that, and I think that's a way to help keep people engaged as well because if you're talking about four points, if they know exactly what you're going to be talking about in their head, they can be like, okay, we're on point three, like halfway down, halfway down, <laughs> halfway through. I can snooze in oh my God, yeah. five minutes. She'll stop soon. <laughs> but yeah, no, I thought, and then at the end, give a summary and things like that. Cause he explained it as when he starts a, um, a lecture, he always does like his key takeaways at the start. So then at the end you can feel a bit like, okay, we've accomplished what we said we were going mm. to accomplish and it feels quite like whole and so Mia I feel like we've covered that was a, a bit of a well that was a whirlwind <laughs> tour of assessment centers <laughs> well there's so much to say isn't there do you have any um do you have any general tips for preparing for the day just do your research um keep up to date with what the firm is doing um you know you want to know well, you want to be able to demonstrate your interest and your research is going to help you do this. Um, what I did is I kept a very close eye on the firm and the partners just before, um, you know, in the, within the first, well, within the, a couple of weeks of the assessment centre starting, like what the partners had published, any articles, any news stories, any recent cases they'd worked on. Because if you get the opportunity to get involved in a conversation where people are discussing this, it will be so beneficial for you and also show off your interests if you are to get involved in any of these conversations. But also the main, main, main bit of advice I would give is just to be yourself. We said this earlier, but, you know, just really make sure that you are showing them what you are like to work with because although they want to see you know what you're going to be like to work with you also know if you need to know if they're going to be right for you and I think we always forget that we always try and you know try and impress people and try and be someone that we're not but actually what can a firm do for you that's not right for you and equally what, what why do you want to work for a firm that's not right for you if you've just pretended to be interested or into, into something you're not so yeah just be yourself and just do your research before the day. Thank you so much, Mia, for sharing your insights. If you want to hear more from her, definitely go check out her page, Legally Possible. So assessment centres are a huge topic, but if you take anything away from today's episode, let it be these three key takeaways. Number one, make sure your commercial awareness is up to date. We recommend using the Commercial Awareness Podcast, the FT News Briefing, and Wake Up to Money by BBC Five Live, all available on Spotify. Number two, have a really good knowledge of the firm, the sectors they operate in, their major clients, recent deals and their ethos. You can slip in all you know about the firm in the form of questions. So for instance, oh, I saw you recently opened an office in Copenhagen. Why Copenhagen specifically? And number three, be resilient. 
Assessment centres are designed to test you and you're unlikely to have a perfect run, but one slip up definitely won't jeopardise your whole day, so just keep looking forwards to the next activity. If you like what you heard today, as ever, please like, subscribe and follow us on Instagram or LinkedIn.